are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Monday, a little bit late on today's show, coming out again. Hoping for some news to happen like we did Friday. I even I even waited on Friday to release the podcast to record it and then still jumped the gun because it came out later that day that Ty Lue was going to be meeting with the Pelicans. So he met with them on Friday. We'll give you an update on the coaching search, the Ty Lue stuff, everything going on with that. Then we're going to get into some NBA Finals talk. How has the series gone so far? We're three games in and it's actually somewhat of a series, which is minorly a uh, surprise, I think. And then we'll talk about Jimmy Butler, the killer instinct, and basically how he willed the heat to that victory in the game last night. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you're going to get $10 off your next order. So the head coaching carousel continues in the NBA, but not a ton of news right now. We're still waiting for the next domino to fall. Clearly, the first one was the Philadelphia 76ers hiring Doc Rivers, setting that job up to be off the market. And now it kind of means the Clippers are on the clock and up next because it seems like the Pelicans do want Ty Lue. I think it's very clear that that is their number one choice. And he wants to explore all of his options. So he interviewed with the Pelicans, it sounds like, on Friday, according to Shams and Woj, and then was going to spend the weekend interviewing with both the Los Angeles Clippers on Saturday and the Houston Rockets yesterday on Sunday. Given that the NBA Finals were going on, nothing really reported about that. But I don't think he's necessarily going to take an interview with a team like the Indiana Pacers or the Oklahoma City Thunder. So that means that if any of those teams want him, they'll make him an offer and you kind of go from there. I'm sure the Pelicans expressed that he is their number one choice, but given that they do want to interview other candidates, I don't know if he left town with an offer necessarily or if it was going to be one of those things where he just needs to kind of wait and hear back from New Orleans. I don't think it is 100% a shoe-in for him to get that Los Angeles Clippers job. If Ballmer is upset, as upset as it's been reported that he was after what happened in the bubble and in the playoffs with that Clippers team and moving on from Doc Rivers, who no one in the organization wanted to do, and then he decided to do it. I don't know if you necessarily want to elevate that lead assistant. and Maybe that's at the point where you just want fresh blood all around. Though I don't know. So I don't think it's a shoe in that he gets that job or that in that he doesn't come to New Orleans. So one of the things that I've been asked about, and I've seen this a little bit in a couple of places, Gus Cattengill of ESPN Radio 100.3 texted me about this and asked me, do I think Ty Lue was just interviewing with New Orleans for leverage with the Clippers? Maybe he's not a shoe in for that job. So interviewing with the Pelicans, showing there's interest in him, maybe that gets him the job. I think this idea, to put it bluntly, is kind of stupid. And I've seen this on Twitter a bunch. This is a guy who's a former head coach who presumably wants to be a head coach again in the league, right? That's kind of what you want as a coach to ultimately be a head coach. There's only 30 jobs ever 
at any given time in this league for a head coaching position. If one of them's available and they offer it to you and it's like that job or no job, you probably take that job. Otherwise, a team like the Pacers might not have a chance in hell at a guy like Mike D'Antoni, who is going to go from the perennial uh, NBA Finals team in the Houston Rockets to an Indiana Pacers team that is potentially going to trade away Victor Oladipo to New Orleans, hopefully. And... A team that's acting a little bit like a small market. So given that there's so few head coach jobs available, yeah, you take one and you take an interview seriously if a team reaches out to you. Other than one or two one-off circumstances that are certainly the exception, not the norm or the rule here. So I think that Ty Lu went into this interview with all intention of listening and being interested in the job. And I don't think he would waste a guy like David Griffin's time if he had no interest whatsoever in it and was just taking the interview to take the interview. They've worked together. They've won a title together. I think there's enough mutual respect there that Ty Lu probably went into this with an open mind. Maybe it's one of those things when you're on the job search, you have a job number, you know, you rank your jobs with ones you're applying for that you take over the other ones. But what if they don't offer that to you? You don't want to have taken your second, third, fourth, fifth options, whatever it might be, not seriously, or just been insulting to the point where you won't even get one of those, right? That's kind of what I think this is. I don't think there's any leverage in play here. And also, frankly, if the Clippers don't want Ty Lue to be their head coach, do the Pelicans making him an offer change anything? Aren't you just be like, you know what? That's great for you. Good luck at that place. Go go have fun in New Orleans and eat all of the delicious food and coach that young guy in Zion Williamson. You're not like, oh shit, they made him an offer. What are we not seeing? Let's make him an offer too. Like if if the Clippers are w- would make the hire based on that, I have a lot of questions about how the Clippers are run and more concerns about them than I would have otherwise. So I think the idea of leverage is overblown. I think this is just one of those things. Teams need to do one or two more interviews, probably the Clippers, probably the Pelicans too, and probably the Houston Rockets. And then we figure out where Ty Lue goes, and then everything slots in place. We've heard that Chris Finch is going to be interviewing with the Indiana Pacers, not necessarily interviewing here, meaning I don't think he's in the running for reasons I explained last week. And that's kind of where we stand with the coaching search. Next domino is where does Ty Lue go? And then it kind of falls from there. I do think... This does look like it's lining up Kenny Atkinson to come to New Orleans. That's not based off any inside information. That's just kind of reading the room, reading the tea leaves, seeing how things are going here. And I think it would be fine. I think they kind of check a lot of the same boxes with that too. I know some people are very high on Atkinson as well. So there you go. There's your update on the coaching search. So coming up, let's do some NBA Finals talk. Let's look at the three games that have been played in the series so far. Then let's take a look at Jimmy Butler and him willing the Miami Heat to a win in Game 3. But also, more importantly for you, the Pelicans fan, How does that game that Jimmy Butler had kind of change the perception of the series and change the perception of the Lakers and how it relates to the Pelicans? Because it does with those future first round picks and the future drafts that New Orleans owns of the Lakers. So we'll get into all of that and more in the rest of today's show. Today's show is brought to you by Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo or we avoid it altogether with excuses. It's I had a long day at work or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can provide real medication, prescribe real medication. It's simple, it's safe, and it's totally discreet. 
With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is even easier. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNBA and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNBA today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNBA. Again, GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNBA. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from here Monday through Friday for you all. The only daily show breaking down everything you want to know about this team, about the league as a whole, and also how all of that relates to the Pelicans, which we're going to get into in this segment and next segment as well. So subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts. All right, NBA Finals, Lakers up 2-1, and this was looking like it wasn't going to be a series, and now, thanks to Jimmy Butler and, and to some degree some of the role players on the Miami Heat, it at least looks like a bit of a series, so that's nice, right? We'll get into that in Jimmy Butler's heroics from last night's game in a minute, but I think this is an interesting series to look at, and through the first two games, it's primarily what we're going to focus on here, kind of give you my thoughts on what we've seen and we we underrated this Lakers team to a degree, I think. When looking at them and how they went about their business in the playoffs, this was looking like a very strong team. I think they lost one game in each of the first couple of rounds and then came out and looked very sharp against Miami Heat. In the first two games, marred by injuries for Miami. No Bam in Game 2, no Dragic in Game 2 as well. Both of them leaving early in Game 1. But the Lakers looked absolutely dominant. And in an era of duos and not teams as trios now, having AD and LeBron James will get you really, really far. AD is kind of in the process of rewriting the narrative to a degree about him, or maybe just writing the next chapter, looking absolutely dominant at times in these playoffs and looking like the best player out there on the court, more so than LeBron James. And then having enough competent role players around them. No one stands out. If I were to ask you the question, who's the Lakers third best player, it's going to take you a little bit to think about it. On certain nights, it's Dwight Howard. Certain nights, it's one of the Morris brothers. Certain nights, it's Rondo. Maybe on occasion, it's Kuzma. We've seen it be KCP at times as well. It just kind of depends on how the game is going. It's certainly not Danny Green right now, though. He was pretty bad. And so looking at all of these guys, that's a really good freaking roster in today's NBA. Like, I hate to say it. As much as I want the Lakers to lose this series... Partially for a little bit of spite towards Anthony Davis, partially because of something we'll get into in the next segment that I don't want this team to become that dominant because of what it means for New Orleans, if that's the case, and the rest of the NBA. So it's it, they're, they're looking very good. Is, is simply the best way to put it. The Miami zone defense, which did wonders against Boston, but didn't do a great job, and they didn't really use it even against the Milwaukee Bucks because they didn't need to, has been at times completely broken by this Los Angeles team. When you have a guy in Anthony Davis who can shoot a mid-range jumper like he has, and he has been doing it exceptionally well in the playoffs, 
He's shooting a career high from mid-range, shooting a career high from three, and I think also shooting like a career high in the restricted area at the rim. He's been utterly dominant, and having a guy like that completely, especially without Bam, destroys that zone defense for for Miami. Also, the Lakers hitting their threes, particularly some of them being more timely than others, coming up with a big three when they need one to stem a run by the Miami Heat or to really bury them has been big. But if you can outshoot the zone, which I didn't think the Lakers necessarily would be able to do, yeah, it, it's really going to hurt them. And Miami, at a certain point, had no answer to what was going on. And with that zone and kind of playing soft coverage against LeBron like that, it's really allowed him to bury them. He's a really tough matchup for one any team, but particularly Miami, who doesn't necessarily have a wing guy to counter him. You have to get into kind of a chess game with him. We saw it against the Denver Nuggets. He was calling for switches, basically, for the defense to switch so that he could get matched up against Jamal Murray. He'd call for someone to come over and set a screen for him so that the team would have to switch. And all of a sudden now, you've got a lesser player on him or a guard on him, and he can do work against them. And so when you start out with Jay Crowder or Andre Iguodala against him, and then you have one of the guards come over and set a screen for it so that they've got a switch... And all of a sudden now it's Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson on LeBron James. He can cook and he has cooked during all of this. And without Bam, without Drogic, the Miami Heat through at least the first two games struggled to kind of find any favorable matchups offensively for him. They can shoot, yes, but if that's not going, it kind of hurts them. They lose that focal point in the middle of the defense. They lose some of that kind of playmaking and creating, which they didn't get back until the third game when Jimmy Butler decided he was going to do that all himself. And yeah, this series then kind of looked predictable. I thought it would be the Lakers in five, maybe six in this one, but it was looking for a while until last night, until the Heat won a game, like it was going to be a sweep. And that's not good for anyone, particularly Pelicans fans here, particularly for the organization too. Let's get into why on that one in just a second here, because I think it's really interesting and why Jimmy Butler might have done more than just make this a series, but might have altered some future path on potentially that the NBA is going down. Before we do that, today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's really that simple. When you think of a protein bar, Chalky, kind of dry, you know, you, you want to eat one, you need to eat one, so you do it. And it's more about that and just kind of getting like the efficient delivery method of what you're going for, whether it's protein, whether it's a few calories, what have you, and getting it done with. Built Bar is not that experience. It'll still give you everything you need, but you're actually going to enjoy eating this. And that's because Built Bars are soft, they're easy to chew, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. You're going to think that you're eating a candy bar. And with flavors like raspberry, coconut almond, salted caramel, uh, toffee almond, cookies and cream, caramel brownie, I can go on and on and on. You're not going to even realize that you're eating a protein bar. But they are protein bars, and they're great for anyone who's looking to lose or maintain weight and just trying to be a little bit more health conscious. They're low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber. Some have 19 grams of protein and 180 calories, others 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories. They are delicious. I eat one every day for lunch. 
Now, if you've ever used uh, the promo code Locked On before for getting uh, Built Bars through their website, you can double dip because they're relaunching everything and they're going to throw in a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On, you're going to get $10 off your next order. Again, that's promo code Locked On for $10 off over at BuiltBar.com. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts from here Monday through Friday for you all daily, breaking down everything you want to know about the team, the league. Subscribe to Locked On Pels wherever you get your podcasts. So continuing to talk about the NBA Finals, and Game 3 was obviously really important for making this an actual series. But there's a larger importance that it could take on. It depends if this becomes a series or not. If the Lakers win 4-1, I don't know if this is going to matter. But if the Heat can make this a series, stretch it out, and potentially somehow come back and even win, things are dramatically different. And you've got to thank Jimmy Butler for that. And I'll explain what I mean in a second. Jimmy Butler went off in Game 3 and basically just decided that this team, the Miami Heat, were not going to lose. 40-point triple-double. 40 points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists. On 4 of 20 shooting, 12 of 20, uh, 14 from the line, not one three taken. He created for the Miami Heat between his points and his assists 73 of their 115 points in last night's game. That is arguably in a game they had to win to only go down 2 to 1 instead of 3-0 when at that point it's you're done. But 2-1 at least it's somewhat manageable and buys a little bit more time till Bam maybe comes back till maybe maybe Dragic comes back. I'm less certain on Dragic, but certainly Bam seems like he's going to play in game four would be my early guess. So to kind of change the complexion of the series to a degree, Jimmy Butler went nuts and maybe put up a top 10 performance in NBA Finals history. It also coincided with Anthony Davis having a terrible game for the Los Angeles Lakers. 15 points from him on six of nine, just nine shots. From Anthony Davis, five rebounds, three assists. He was a minus 26 in his 33 minutes of action out there. Jimmy Butler, by the way, 45 minutes played. That heat conditioning drill and knowing that that's a thing is unbelievably important in times like this. Would you trust any Pelicans player to play 45 minutes in what feels like a must-win playoff game without them just kind of falling apart towards the end? I wouldn't. The emphasis that Miami puts on conditioning, hugely important in last night's win. So Jimmy Butler changed the way this works. Also, Jimmy Butler, first time ever that someone has scored more points, out-rebounded, and had more assists than LeBron James in any finals game that he's played. That includes his teammates. That's an unbelievable number. So he has led every game in at least one of those categories, I think, that he's played is basically what that's saying, and that no one has topped him in all of those. It's nuts to me. So why is this such a big deal other than just making this a competitive series? There's long-term ramifications here. The Pelicans basically own the Lakers' next seven drafts, I think is what it is, between pick swaps and getting their first-round picks for the Anthony Davis trade. There's a lot of value that could be had from those picks, but there's also not a ton of value to be had from those picks. I do think people overrate those, overrate those as draft assets. The Lakers are picking... 28, 29, 30. It's nice to have, certainly, but that's not like a hugely valuable asset like a lottery pick or even a mid-first round pick. These are going to end up being, right now, it looks like, at the back end of the draft. Now, everyone's saying 
What about when LeBron retires and maybe AD's not anymore? Because two or three of those picks kind of go beyond that. LeBron could retire. AD might not stay there. Who knows how it'll go? That the, the people who say that are naive, and that's okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out on this. You're a little bit naive if you're thinking that, and you're trying to look a little bit too positively for what's going on and trying to come up with reasons why those assets don't suck because it kind of hurts to maybe say that. But Jimmy Butler maybe changed that. Because look, the way it was going is LeBron looking as good as he is, having a guy like Anthony Davis next to him, doesn't need to retire. He could play even longer because, frankly, AD has looked the most dominant we've ever seen him and like the best player on the court out there. And if LeBron needs to transition to being the second best player, just makes his life easier and extends his playing career. And Anthony Davis, if they're winning, he's not going anywhere. He's going to sign an extension this offseason. And you know what? When that one's up, however long it is, between two to four to five years, he's going to sign another one because this is the Los Angeles Lakers. And if they're winning NBA titles and competitive, it is the most desirable place in the league to go play. And they would have no problem year after year after year retooling. This is not a small market kind of spinning the wheels, kicking the can down the road till eventually you hit that wall or the can goes off a cliff. This is the Los Angeles Lakers Team playing in the Staples Center in Los Angeles, the most glamorous franchise and arguably the most glamorous NBA city. And I'm from Los Angeles originally. I think it is. They would have no problem getting things back to kind of their winning ways and not going through a stretch that we saw them go through recently if they're good. If they have competent management. And you know what? For all the crap we give Rob Palinka. They did some smart things and they kind of figured a lot of it out. And if he learns a little bit of how the CBA works, which it seems like maybe he is, they're going to be in a really freaking good spot. And those draft picks are going to suck in the future. It's nice to have them versus not have them, certainly. But let's not pretend that these are like amazing, amazing draft assets or anything even remotely like that. But you know what? If Jimmy Butler wins game three, wins game four, and they go on to win this series, it takes some of the shine off of LA just a little bit. And maybe, maybe it throws some of that stuff into doubt. But if they win, if they swept the NBA finals, if they win in five games, good luck stopping this juggernaut that might become a dynasty. That's how serious these finals could be for Los Angeles. But if they lose, it does change that a little bit, I think, and maybe does make those future first round picks more desirable to have because then thing, the door's kind of wide open. There's still time for LA to right the ship, certainly, and get it to where they want it to be. But it's not as guaranteed if they struggle to win here with the team they have and what looks like one of the easier paths to an NBA title that we've than we've seen in a while. Not saying there's an asterisk on this, but it is, especially with some of the injuries. But if the Heat can win the series, if they can make it a series and the Lakers struggle a little bit, it looks different. The perceptions changed and maybe, maybe the Lakers don't become as dominant as it's looking like they might be for the foreseeable future. So these finals, really important for that, for Pelicans fans, for the organization. Thank you, Jimmy Butler, for the uh, the heroic and historic performance last night. So there you go. We'll see how... The rest of the series goes as it resumes tomorrow, Tuesday night, and at least we're getting five games from this. All right, so that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. Big thank you to Built Bar for sponsoring today's show. Go to uh, BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On. You're going to get $10 off your first order. Also, GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNBA to give them a try as well. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at NOLAJake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.